0: What are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2022. Pleasure to be here with you. Welcome back to Pop Culture, episode one of the brand new year. It's good to be here with you. I tell you, I say this every week, but it's uh, it's so much more enjoyable doing this podcast knowing that you're there because I don't listen to it. That's the truth. I I haven't listened to. I was gonna say I haven't listened to one episode. That's not true. I think I've listened to about seven. Which, based on the fact that there's only been about fifteen of these individual podcasts, is a uh, that's a significant portion, really. In fact, in fact, when I say that out loud, it, it sort of it makes me realise that there's a very good chance that I could be this podcast's biggest fan. It's, it's not nice listening to yourself, though. I don't think. I. I I find it really cringy because, um, especially when you get on a bit of a rant, you know when you leave a conversation and you you start going, I can't, I can't believe I said that. Like what a ridiculous comment that was. I hope that person doesn't remember what I just said. And then I, I have the same feeling sometimes when I when I hit pause at the end of this. Like, oh, did I say anything I completely disagreed with? Did I say anything that I'm going to regret really soon? I think, Ty, uh, you're probably, yeah, you're, like you're overanalyzing it a little bit, I think. I don't think there's anything that you would have said that was controversial, upsetting, offensive. And then i listen back and I go, oh, if this had more of an audience, I'd be cancelled. <laughs> it's the truth. Sometimes there's a beauty in not having many people listen to your work because when not many people listen to your work, there's less of a portion of people who can report you. The fact that my Twitter account's still going strong is a fairly strong sign that I haven't offended enough people yet. Or, or that... um. Maybe my views are more in line with the, the Twitter scene than what I'd anticipated. But anyway, I listen back and I'm like, oh, gee, that was a, that was a little bit difficult to hear and I can't believe that's been recorded, it's been posted to the public and, and that's available for all time. So in 45 years, when I look back at this podcast, I can still feel that regret, I can still feel the tension, the the, the it's the sphincter, isn't it? The clenching of the sphincter as I listen back to my... Uh, my views of myself as a 34 year old man trying to figure out life trying to figure out the way it works it's just I think I think what's going to be more difficult is when my son starts listening to podcasts he starts playing it back and going, man like I just disagree with a lot of what my dad speaks about he used to admire him as a man and now I disagree with all these ideologies it's uh it's hard it's weird when you talk about that kind of stuff as well because you start to reflect on man i like there's a lot of things that I used to say that I disagree on that wasn't recorded, and thank God for that. And now, and now for whatever reason, I've I've decided to record it and uh, and and let you guys listen to it. But that's just the uh, that's the gamble you take with the podcast, I guess. I guess I can always go back and edit what I say. And to be fair, I think the further we go on, like it's twenty twenty two now, twenty twenty one. Like honesty in your word didn't mean much. Maybe I can. Maybe I can just do a podcast in fifteen years' time, speaking to people about how what they're saying about what I'm saying is just a lie. That's what that's what I've noticed is going on a lot in the uh, in the news at the moment. There's there's a lot of people making a lot of claims, and then they find out something new, and what they originally said is still recorded, like it's all there, but they just come back on and do a new recording. Saying they never said what was in the original recording, but you're like, bro, I'm what I'm what, I just watched the original recording, and they they go, man, you just you're transphobic. I go, no, this is this hasn't got anything to do with sexuality, I don't think, or gender. I think this is more like I just disagree what you, with what you're saying. That's, ah, okay, so you, you're just a classic racist, huh? You don't like people who are a different color than you. Okay, wait, well, hang on a second. My wife is very, she's incredibly tan. She looks great, especially in summer. You couldn't. She could be straight out of India. You know, a lot of people, at least Spain, Spain, they get pretty dark as well. We went to Spain in 2017 and, and my wife's got that Mediterranean skin and, uh, and and as a result, we were there and people just started speaking to her as though she was Spanish. And I thought, oh, hang on a second, isn't that interesting? Because, because in some cultures, like in Australia, I've spoken to you guys about this before, you can't just go up to a uh, like a young bloke with, with slightly tanned skin, see from you know, see him from the side and start speaking Mandarin to him because that's it's incredibly racist when it's Chinese. But for some reason in Spain, my, my wife is, uh, is spoken to as though she's a Spanish woman. No one, no one, no one budges, no one blinks an eyelid. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I was impressed, actually. I think Spanish girls were, they were beautiful. They're, they're still beautiful. I just haven't got to see them for a little while. Because uh, because you can't, in a, in a good marriage, you can't just start Googling Spanish women, can you? But when you're in Spain, you can walk around the streets and there they are. So I can remember what they look like. And it is very similar to, to Jesse, But, um, you know, you can't, you can't be away from Spain and still admiring Spanish women, I don't think. Because all of a sudden, if your, your Google history gets looked up by your wife and she sees uh, Spanish women on the beach with a surfboard... First of all, that's a, it's a very defined flavor. It's a very, it's a very, um, that's a very curated taste when you think about it. Like once you start adding in, adding in like special details, Spanish woman, black bikini, white sand, longboard, two foot swell, <laughs> that starts to look a little bit more sketchy, I think, because there's, I mean, there's ways around it. But I'm not interested in discovering that anymore. My trug- my struggle was originally I was I was th- I was pretty lucky actually. You know I stopped I stopped looking at porn when I was 21. I reckon about six months before I, I met Jesse, my wife, I, I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to get on top of this because I'm spending a lot of valuable time looking at this. I mean the. Uh, the internet service at my house isn't great. And as a result, not only am I waiting for these videos to load, but I'm also, I'm having to get more creative with my searches because I think I've seen this whole page. And uh, as a bloke who was, I'm pretty keen to use my time wisely. And the idea of coming back to the same video four times and knowing the script and having to wait uh, 25 minutes for the video to buffer because you know how good the 12-minute mark of that video is, it's a it's a fair suggestion that what you're doing with your time is... Uh, I don't know, it's not an effective use of your time is what I'm trying to say. So you can't be Googling Spanish women in bikini on a longboard in the beaches of Europe, as, as beautiful as that may be. Not if you want a healthy marriage. And the thing is, it's... Uh, the truth is, uh, you, you get so used to what you got. If you saw my wife, you'd go, oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? But familiarity breeds contempt. Up to a point, I always say to my wife, I go, honestly, though, be serious, babe. Like We've been married 10 years now. Do you look at me and ever have moments where where you can't fully appreciate how well you've done for yourself. And she goes, sweetie, let me just ask you a question. Has anyone ever told me in front of you how well I've done? I said, no, sweetie, not that I can remember. She goes, now tell me the times that people have told you how well you've done. I said, point taken. I remember six just off the top of my head. But it could be because I've got that. I always say, babe, you're a very serious person. People don't really know exactly... Uh, whether or not they can joke with you with me. I'm jovial. I'm funny. I've got a great sense of humor is is what I take that as So I hate it You know what I hate when people are sipping coffee into a into a microphone. I can't I hope you can't hear that I'm deliberately sitting back, but I uh, She's just gone out with little Charlie boy Charlie's gone to visit his mate George and at last it's weird actually last time they were uh, last time George and Charlie were catching up George is about Four months younger than Charlie. And I remember these two boys were playing together in the kitchen and, and Charlie apparently we were taking videos of it. Charlie Charlie was spend a lot of time playing with George's George's bum, which is innocent to an age, isn't it? Like to a certain extent. As a baby, if you're playing with another baby's bum, no one no one blinks an eyelid. But whenever whenever I go catch up with one of my good mates, Jocker, caught up with him on the weekend, I start playing with his bum just just momentarily, and people on the beach look and go, that's unacceptable. Do you know what I mean? Especially with your children in front of you. Like, why are you playing with your friend's bum? I say, you know what? Like, it's different horses, different courses, is what I always say. I don't come to your dinner table and, and judge what you're cooking. You shouldn't come to, to my family outing and, and, and judge the way I spend time with my mates and jock it. But the problem, he starts going, hey, you know what? Like, the, the way you, what you're doing is inappropriate. You know, I asked you to rub some sunscreen on my back. You've slipped your hands behind my, the back of my shorts and now you're playing with my bum cheeks. I say, well, I'm so sorry. Miss scoozie do you remember that scene from Eurotrip? There was a scene from Eurotrip. It was like a, it was like a two thousand and four movie, which was I'm sure was just age at at teenagers. It was a, it was like a propaganda film to to get Western students out of home and and onto the roads of Europe. And there's a scene where where they're going through the tunnel, and uh, there's an Italian guy on the on the train. He's got a dirty mustache quite a sexual guy he's he was a predator really I'm pretty sure I don't I don't know if the kids that he was spending his time with in this particular clip were were of age but but every time they went through a long tunnel they went he got a little bit more you know he got a little bit more hands-on with the guys he got a little bit more touchy-feely with the guy he would the, the first tunnel they went through he he had his hand on the guy's leg the the young American's leg and then they went through a longer tunnel the lights come back out as they exit the tunnel and he's giving him a little massage and I don't know. To the fear of all students, the uh, the long tunnel approaches, and, and they come out the other side of that tunnel, and he uh, he's, he's got his pants pulled down with his legs crossed, and a cigarette lit. What I'm saying is, it's it's different horses for different courses, and uh, if you say me scoozie at the end of whatever you do, it it doesn't completely forgive it because, you know, sexual assault is still sexual assault if if you know the person being assaulted, you know if they're not in the if they're not in the same mindset as you if they're not. Because assault to an extent is, is quite, isn't that how Mike, Hutchins died? Michael Hutchins, he, I guess he's assaulted himself in that situation. We're not sure whether it was, I've heard of, it could have been that, um, what do you call it when you asphyxiate yourself? You, is it auto-asphyxiation where you tie yourself up when, you, well, you know, when you, you're pushing the limits? of your It's, it's when the, the usual masturbation is not, not as exciting for a person. They have to come up with more creative ways to uh, To make it interesting, do you know what I mean? So, um, it starts with just using your opposite hand. I remember a guy in Year Twelve said to me, "He goes, use your opposite hand. It makes it feel like someone else is doing it." I just feel like it, it makes it makes me seem as though I'm uncoordinated, which is not something I uh, I pride myself on. So, you know, I'm not really sure where we're going with this conversation, but uh, we're 11 minutes in, and and I, I feel like I've given you a little bit of an education on what not to say when you start a podcast is the, is the truth. Certain things you shouldn't say to, to start a podcast. But hey, I wanted to show you this because uh, I've, I found a song of the week. I'm gonna I'm gonna show, share with you guys a song each week. I'm not sure what, I, here's the thing, I'm not 100% sure what rules are when it comes to copyright. So I won't play you too much. For those of you who wanna check this one out a little bit more, it's Leonard Cohen, it's called There Is A, is a War. war. How good this? Leonard Cohen. Have you listened to much of this guy? There is a war between the ones who say there is a war and the ones who say that there is a... Man, he's a... Uh... I only heard this yesterday for the first time and Why I... Why I... do back to the war? That's right, get in it. How... You can't not feel cool Why playing this. come on back to the war? It's just beginning. He's cool. 1976 this album came out. Leonard Cohen. Where New skin for the old ceremony, which I thought was, uh, which is pretty cool. I'll give you a bit more of a taste of that later, but Leonard Cohen, if you haven't heard him yet, you got to go check him out. So he, uh, he died in, I think he only died about three or four years ago and he lived on a, he lived on an island. They called it, uh, if you're Greek, you call it Idra is how they say it. I call it Hydra, beautiful little island off the coast of, uh, off the coast of Athens, off the coast of Greece and it's a tiny little island and Jesse and I we went there at the start of 2000 or mid-2016 because we're on a uh, we're on a world adventure we wanted to go and just check out Europe before we based ourselves in London and as a result Jesse usually takes care of the budget in our household she's the she's the one who looks after the real uh the nitty-gritty details of of everything that we do and and like there's a reason for that And, and the reason for that is because I don't want to (laughs) <laughs> and uh, if we're gonna do anything together, those things need to be done. So, um, I mean, there was, there was like to give you an example of why before I tell you about Hydra was was in 2000, I think I might've told you guys this before, a couple of years ago, end of 2019, um, we, we went to go to the airport to fly over to Bali. And uh, all I had to organize was, I just had to make sure my passport was ready to go, which it was because it was in my pocket. And we got to the airport and uh, in fairness, I feel like I get out of this one maybe on a technicality because there was a couple of things about this situation that uh, that, that make it a little bit, I don't know. i just You be the judge of this. Uh, so it was December 2019. My passport expired in April of 2020. And I got to the airport and Jessie checked in, checked her bags in. I put my bags on the scale. The lady said, can I see your passport? I said, absolutely, ma'am. It's, uh, it's an essential requirement of traveling internationally. So I got my passport out and I, I opened it up to her and, and she saw that my passport expired in April and she said, unfortunately, your passport's expired. I said, well, first like, explain the the definition of expiration for me. She goes, it's no longer used because it's past its use by date. I said, well, that's what I thought. To be fair, that's the, that's the same definition that I give it. And she said, unfortunately, when it comes to flying internationally, the definition of of the airport uh is that you have to have at least six months on your passport in order for you to be able to use it otherwise otherwise you're not going anywhere and i said well what why do you do that why like i don't know there's there's not many things that i think that rule applies to like if that was the rule for milk which are, yeah milk's the opposite. They milk give you they give you less detail on, or they give you a shorter time frame to use it, don't they? So they might say that the milk goes off in five days' time. Really, you could probably get eight days out of it before it gets quite sour. And I like that because it means if you like, if you're going to use it, you you know that you've got it like the best, the freshest time for that milk to be used is. Is before the time frame that's on there. Like if they if they started saying that the milk's good for ten days, but really it was only good for four, that's frustrating, isn't it? Because it's uh because then you got to have sour milk for a week and a half. And, and and granted, in that situation, I reckon a lot of people would have uh, would have bought the milk with the intention of using it up to that expiry date. But it's it's strange to me that with a passport, it's the opposite. They say it's good for six more months, but then you get there and they say actually, what we said about it being good for six more months is is untrue. And uh, I didn't know that rule. And, and we got there and Jessie was very patient with me. And uh, she said, okay, well, uh, this, this is how good Jessie is. She goes, well, let's let's just go home together. We'll get your passport sorted and um, and we'll come back together next week. And I, I, I felt trapped. I said, well, what, what am I going to do? Like, uh, I, you've paid for your trip. Why don't you just go? And, she, and very quickly, actually, she budged and she said, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to budge. I'm going to get out of here. I'll see ya ASAP. So I went home, I was so frustrated. I remember I, uh, I went home, my mum got a fright because she was coming to stay at our apartment that night in Melbourne thinking, I think she was going out for dinner with, with friends or, or something. And uh, and she got to our apartment that day and I hadn't spoken to her because I was so angry. And she came in and I was doing a poo. And um, she came in and uh, as soon as she came in I said, Mom, just so you know, I'm not in Bali, I'm just doing a, I'm just doing a quick poo. Which honestly is a lot of what I spend my time doing in Bali anyway, because I haven't quite mastered, I haven't quite mastered the diet element of of traveling in Bali, because uh, they sucker punch you a little bit. You'll get there, and, and what they'll do, they say, hey, just only drink tap water, and so I go, okay. But then I don't think about the fact that when I brush my teeth, I'm consuming a little bit of water. So two days in, I wake up with cramps in my tummy. Going, I haven't, I haven't drank any water whatsoever. And then I realised that I've got a bad habit of, of maybe letting the wa- water run into my mouth as I'm as I'm having a shower, as I'm brushing my teeth. You know, I wake up in the night to get a cup of water. <laughs> it's uh, but I remember we because we went there we went there on our honeymoon two thousand and eleven, and it was the unsexiest start to a honeymoon because uh, like four days in we were quite traditional. I met my wife in a church, and uh, and we didn't have sex till we were married which was difficult. You know what I mean? Like we were, we dated for three years before before we got married and uh, three years of no sex is a lot of discipline. In fact, I reckon that, yeah, there was, there was a fair bit of tension. There was a fair bit of tension still. There were plenty of days where things got quite sore. Um, they were quite tender. Do you know what I mean? And tiger bums not the right thing to rub on on tender balls because it's uh, it's an anti-inflammatory i think traditionally uh, yeah i mean since 2010 2009 or whenever it was google's become a lot more helpful for things like that i used to just i used to just try different things out like i used to just i used to just rub stuff on it and see if it would fix it um, I had a little rash on my on my asshole <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and I don't know what caused it. I'm not sure, but I thought I'm just going to put tea tree oil on it because because that that surely that would help it. But it didn't. It just it made it worse. Um. And again, like Google history is a sensitive thing because. I don't want to be that guy who's constantly I don't want to clear Google history just because I've Googled can you put tea tree oil on your asshole? But if you if you delete your search history, like I, I think that just looks a little bit sketchy. Like my wife has full reason if I've if she comes back and sees my complete search history is gone, she goes, what, what are you hiding? And fair question, right? The truth is it's nothing, it's not Spanish girls with longboards, it's it's tea tree oil on asshole. does it work? It didn't. the, the correct answer was stop scratching it and use coconut oil. And I can say, honestly, I'm sitting here as a comfortable man. Very comfortable man. I've got no pants on right now, actually. You can't see that. But uh, it's a lie. I wouldn't do this. I'm I'm more respectful to, to you guys. But the, the pop culture, the pop culture audience is a classy audience, is what I say. Um. I'm not sure. I'm not, Did you guys like that Leonard Cohen song that I that I just showed you? If you did, let me, just before I I've got a couple of things I want to speak to you about today. I've just got one more. There's another one from that same album, Lover Lover, Lover. I asked my father. I said father, change my name. The one I'm using now, it's covered up with fear and filth and cowardice and shame. How good is that? One more time, again, we were driving to church yesterday and I heard this for the first time. What a great song, lover 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 and uh, there is a war are the two songs. I hope you like my music taste, otherwise this is, um, it's disappointing. You know when you, you sort of build a connection with someone and as a result you, you just assume that you've got a lot in common and then they say, hey, have you, have you heard this song? And they play it and you go, I can't believe you like John Mayer. There's nothing about him I like. It's uh, Even his guitar, like usually if there's one thing that's going to get me, it's guitar playing. But for whatever reason, I, I like that one song, Me and All My Friends. It's like 2006, Me and All My Friends. We're all misunderstood, you know. I can't. I shouldn't sing. That was one thing my wife was disappointed about when we first got together. She she had the impression that she was going to be married to a a really good singer for, for some reason. And I remember just cruising along in the car with her one day, and uh, I can't remember what song came on. It might have been John Butler Trio back in the day, two thousand and eight. And I just remember her looking at me, and uh, as I was singing along, I said, "Hey, what are you thinking? And she's like, "Man, I just..." I always thought you were going to be the kind of bloke who could sing, just because I, I thought I'd be married to a musician. Um, which is disappointing initially for her to find out, but I don't know yet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We started that conversation, me talking about missing a flight to Bali. I'm not sure how I got back to to Jesse. B, disappointed with me as a musician. But what I did that night after after I got out of the toilet... After I'd missed my flight, I, I went down to a Vietnamese restaurant just downstairs on uh, on Glen Ferry Road in Hawthorne and uh, went and had some fur because it was the closest thing. I wanted to get a little bit of something, you know, Southeast Asian in my system. I know they're different countries. Like, I'm pretty sure Bali's Indonesia, isn't it? Like, you can't just categorize. Is that, is that like, uh, maybe that's a form of racism. I don't mean it to be that way, but I've still got a lot to learn in 2022, which is fine. I'm excited for that. But New Year's Eve was good this year. I... Um, it's funny as you get older, isn't it? Maybe it's not as you get older, but it's it's more yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure what caused it, but I was in bed by 10.30 this year and it wasn't the first year that I had that I had done that. my my good friend flew down from uh, he flew down from Sydney and it was just us three. It was a beautiful night here in in Queenscliff and um, the beaches the beach is opposite my house. So you walk down my driveway, you cross the road. there's like a little bit of bush and it's a beautiful it's like a beautiful beach it's it's port phillip bay uh it's between so the the bay is we're right on the entrance so if you google port phillip bay you'll see um point lonsdale is is sort of here and then point nepeans over here and then this is where all the ships come in so you often you'll see all the uh is it it's like a tanker ship the big tank ships what are they called the ones that um it's the ships that carry in the uh, the big, I'm not sure what... Uh, shipping containers. That's literally what they're called. They're shipping containers. The shipping container ships come through. Uh, Spirit of Tasmania comes through. And the other night, man, we went over there. It was uh, its probably 7.30. It was beautiful sunset. The water was still. And my mate is... Uh, my, mate's, uh, my mate's an interesting guy. Like a very loose kind of guy. He's very... Like a lot of people, I reckon... He's, he's maybe... He's very quiet, but maybe eccentric. He's very comfortable... In his own skin, which I like, and he wanted to walk us through a uh, a New Year's Eve ritual, which is something I'd never done before. So, he rocked up at our house with uh, with some Amazonian uh, cacao powder in its natural state. It's close to its natural state. It was ground down, which was uh, which was the only thing that had changed from its natural state, and it had been placed in a well marketed package, which was cardboard with a fancy lid. But it it essentially, I feel like it had only been through seven processes from. Uh, from the Amazon or wherever it is you get cacao nibs uh, until it was sitting in our cup so we went across there we made the hot cacao in our kitchen and uh he said you can't drink it till we get over there so so we walked over to the beach with our cacao uh, sat down on the beach and uh and then here's here's what we did he uh we reflected a little bit on on 2021 what went well what didn't go well uh, uh what we're working at together what it is that we want to see improved and uh we opened up a little bit said a little prayer i closed it out in prayer first prayer i've ever said that was interrupted by a firework the inter- it was uh, it was a humbling experience cuz i was we we just had a moment together we'd all been sitting there he'd read two poems he finished with a story about a hunter great story actually about a hunter who was he was walking home i'm not going to i'm not going to tell you the story actually cuz it was a it's like a 15 minute story maybe i'll start the podcast with that next week but uh it was nice we we sat there it was it was just beautiful. You know those nights where, where the sun's gone down, that water's that purpley colour, it's still, it's like glass. Um, it's just a nice chance to reflect, and and that's exactly what we did. But but then I he asked me to close it out in a prayer, and I, I started saying a, saying a little prayer to Jesus, and, and as I closed it out, or as I started actually, the, the guys next to us lit up a firework and scared the as scared the shit out of me as the first time I cursed mid-prayer. <laughs> I was yeah, I was doing my best, reaching out to the big guy, going, "Hey, look, we just, uh, hey, we 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 offer this to you. Everything we've talked about, everything we've said, everything we're concerned about, everything we're not, whatever. There, you and that was about as far as I got, and a firework almost got me in the side of the head. It was uh, It was interesting, but beautiful. It was actually good as well. I like, I like the feeling of of waking up, uh, waking up relatively early. Um, on a new morning like that having a little bit of quiet time getting up just feeling fresh feeling ready feeling a bit inspired and uh, and, th- and that's exactly what we did 2014 I might have told you about this one was the last time I went too hard accidentally because a-, a friend made homemade rakia and, uh, and and we just started getting too excited and I started just doing shot after shot of rakia and I was thinking oh my gosh my my ability to tolerate this alcohol like the the percentage of alcohol which is in this shot glass is, is significant but then I didn't realize or didn't consider at the time that I'd had four shots in five minutes and it probably hadn't quite hit my system in the way that it was going to 15 minutes later I was I was out on the couch I always thought that when you passed out it was going to be comfortable like I see people pass out and I and think, hey isn't that beautiful like they're having a great night's sleep he's probably earned it he's probably deserved that he's out cold and 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 those of you who have passed out I was shocked because it's like Inside your head, you're still awake, but your physical body's going, no, no, we're, we're done. I'm just going to pack it up for the night. It was embarrassing as well because I started. I fell asleep on, uh, on my friend's parents' couch. I can't remember if they were home, but I just remember being there and I was like, this is highly disrespectful. <laughs> me just, me sleeping. And I could still hear my mates in the background calling me a pussy. And you know when people they sort of make fun of you when you're passed out and you can't do anything about it. And I was taking it personally. I remember, I remember being on the couch and uh, and being like, "I feel like a dickhead," because I am a dickhead. Like, what a way to round out. And I woke up the next morning, and for whatever reason, after I'd vomited and everything, I felt fantastic. And uh, and I, I went I went for a run, and I remember my sweat just smelling like thick. Like it was really. It was really pungent. I could smell the alcohol as I sweated. But I, I never forget how good I felt on that run. Like, it was the most drunk I'd ever been. Um, and probably the last time I got drunk, actually. Like, nearly eight years ago now. Is that right? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. That, that is so crazy. Eight years ago. Um, but I still think maybe there's, like, an element of me being hung over. Some days I wake up with a headache. Like, I know you, deserve- <laughs> you weren't this. But, yeah, it's a much nicer feeling being able to get up and... Um, and just start the day right. I hope you guys had a good night. Hope it was. Uh, hope you didn't kiss any strangers. Did you see those warnings in in newspapers? People say, "Hey, don't kiss strangers," because it's a it's a classic way to start spreading COVID. I hope people. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's been spread now as we've established. I feel like the first eight episodes of this podcast was just the COVID podcast. So I'm I'm gradually trying to move away from that now. But it's hard to move away from stuff like that because it's been a uh, it's been such a hot topic of conversation. But anyway. Won't get into it now. Yeah, I was saying the beach was beautiful the other day. It was so nice, and the weather here in Melbourne the last couple of weeks has, has just been perfect. I don't know if you can tell, but I got, I'm rocking a golden tan. Uh, I'll take my shirt off once again, but I feel like two times taking your shirt off in a week on a podcast is, uh, I don't know, it's a little bit forward, isn't it? Like, con- considering we're, we're still only just getting to know each other, for me to take my shirt off once again in this podcast like I, I know there's plenty of ladies who have, I'm just putting this words in your mouth I'm trying to I'm you know what well, I should stop trying to force what you're thinking but I'm rocking a tan which is uh which is always a good thing the beaches here have have you guys noticed over the last few years just how much girls bikinis have started to whittle away I yeah, uh, I went snorkeling the other day and this is a true story like I feel I feel like this story it sounds made up for this podcast but I I, I promise you it's not I was snorkeling the other day, which I do over, we've got a, a beach here, it's called Springs Beach, and there's a beautiful little reef, it's got like big butterfish, uh, you see kingfish, little stingrays, there's a, there's a fair bit going on over there, it's like me just going over and having a little play. And and the other day, I, I sort of, I, I have my head down pretty consistently just swimming around looking at the reef, and then this particular day I, I looked up and, and I saw a, a gigantic white ass, which is fine, it doesn't bother me if you've got a gigantic white ass, But what I noticed, it sort of, it threw me off a little bit. Because under underwater, even if you're tan, uh, like your skin looks relatively white in comparison. For whatever reason, maybe something to do with the way that the sunlight shines off the water. But this was a, it was a really big white ass, And uh, it gave me a fright, to be honest. It took, the, it took the, I had to take my mask off for a minute, wipe my eyes, because it was, it uh, you know, when you, you know when you wake up in the middle of the night or, or someone like shines a spotlight in your face and you're a little bit like, whoa, that um, takes a minute for your eyes to adjust. I had the same thing. I sort of lost my breath a little bit. Forgot where I was. and uh, When I'm in the water, I'm already a little bit nervous about, you know, I'm, I'm 20 meters offshore. And, and that's only scary because there's a great white shark which swam underneath the swimmer out here a couple of weeks ago. So I'm already a little bit on edge, rightly so. I get scared at some of the butterfish when they sneak out of the reeds uh, or the seaweed quickly, so so the idea of a great white shark being around is is, is terrifying. So I sort of swam back to, uh, you know, to where I could stand up. I took the mask off, caught my breath, and I saw this girl. And I, I think I think what was happening. So she was with her boyfriend, and and you know that phase where when you're when you're with someone you love and you're in that really early phase, everything is beautiful. Now I don't have a problem with overweight girls. What I do I I feel a little uncomfortable when girls seem and guys for that matter. They seem to be oblivious to 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 what's going on. Or maybe maybe she would say she's just confident in her own skin, which is fine. Alright. I'm, I'm all for being confident in your own skin. What I'm not for is forcing me to be confident with your skin. Do you know I don't <laughs> I don't want you to be so confident that I have to look at it and pretend I'm okay with it. Now this girl, I I think she was like she was she was well and truly overweight, which is fine. Alright. I, I can already feel hate mail coming through. I'm not going to open it. It's fine if, if, that's, if that's you. But, but what I noticed was she was jumping on her boyfriend's back. And, and I know her bathers were right, right up her. It was like she was on a beach in Spain. You know, like uh, uh, Jessie, she got pretty calm. My wife's fit, though. It's a different story. We were in a beach in Spain. She got her bikini top off. And I thought, oh my gosh, like this is, this is Christmas. As the one beach in the world, I felt dodgy for saying Bab, I'm just gonna go for a walk along the beach because it doesn't matter where your eye goes. There's like Spanish boobs there, Italian boobs there, and Italian mams' boobs there. But they just sort of fit in. Everyone's sort of comfortable. So, it's uh like Jesse. Jesse said like, I was walking up the beach. Apparently, my head just gone left to right. It's hard though. You don't want to be that guy. But it, it's really and it feels more creepy if you just walk along looking at your feet. But but this girl, she looked as though she looked as though she thought. She was on a Spanish beach, which if she did think that, I'm okay with it. But what I'm not okay with was, um, actually maybe I wasn't okay with it is what I've just realised. She kept pulling her bathers up her, up her ass because I thought she went to, you know when you've got a little wedgie and you have to do like the little side pick, so you put your index finger in your thumb and you just get the, you get the side of your your, your your jocks and just pull it out because it's uncomfortable. She was doing the opposite of that. So I would see her hand go in to get it and I was like, oh, good girl, Like she's about to, Get the bathers back out and cover it up, but she wasn't. She she put her index finger and her thumb up there, and and then she grabbed the top of her bathers, like she was picking up a like a chicken by the neck, you know. And then she pulled she pulled it up like like this, so it just it just really it was like right up it was right up on the ass on the asshole. And uh, I wasn't the only one noticing, which you know. There's a lot of people looking, and, and I thought, oh, she's just she's very confident with it. And I, I thought, isn't it isn't it amazing? Like there's some there's some people who are in perfect shape without that level of confidence. It's imagine imagine if the body that that was in was um was in shape. That's a level of confidence you probably couldn't deal with. It's probably good, in fairness, that that girls in that situation aren't in shape because that level of confidence with that uh, uh, that quality of body it's too much to handle really it's really too much to handle but but i've noticed she was she was the i don't want to say exception to the rule but there's a lot of people i went down to lawn the other day and and, um, there were there were g-strings everywhere on the beach it's not necessarily a complaint as much as an observation but i just it's hard when you go to the beach with your family i was standing there with my with my good friend and uh and we were just looking at our feet. And I said, don't look up. And he said, I've already made that decision not to look up because no matter where you go, I'm 35-year-old now. And if you're a 17-year-old girl on the beach and you've got that bikini on with the G-banger, just, just, you're just rocking out with confidence. It's a There's no way for me to look at that even momentarily and not look creepy. Because the truth is, I used to be a school teacher and I probably taught you in year nine. And it, things get confusing a little bit as you get older, don't they? Because you reach that age of 16 or 17 where from a distance from a di- i've had plenty of moments where from a distance you, you look at someone and say something to your mate like oh hey girls look at this and and they get they get a little closer you realize they're walking along with their parents you go, I'm so sorry from that distance it was really hard to tell um i've said words to my friends that i i mean they, they weren't horrible i was just i was just say like boy strut you know what i mean like shoulders back head up look confident tense and and you get th- you get past and uh, and a young girl goes, hey, Mr. Popplestone. I go, wow. Wow. So I think there's a... I think it's fair to say you probably shouldn't... You probably shouldn't comment on on any anyone you find attractive until you're within 30 metres and you know roughly that they're of an, a legal age bracket. Isn't it? Paul Walker, I think, dated a 16-year-old before he died. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe, I don't know, I don't necessarily believe that God strikes you down for these actions, but... Uh, but Paul Walker died after after dating a sixteen year old. I'm just saying, maybe it's not a coincidence. I think it is a coincidence, just so we're clear. But uh, but sixteen's too young. Like he was twenty nine or so. It's I'm not sure. It's it's strange as well when you're in a depending on what part of the world you're in. Um, Dictates what's appropriate. I think like my granddad married my step uh, my step That's that's not what happened at all. That would have been a that's an uncomfortable family dinner. My granddad married my grandma. He was 22 She was 16. She had a she had a kid the next year And it wasn't creepy back then. I don't think I know she was she's from Yugoslavia. She's from Montenegro um, and uh, I don't know if that's an excuse, but when you say someone's Mediterranean, I feel like it, it, it adds a level of acceptability to what's taking place, doesn't it? Because uh, but that's not true, because her mum was very angry. In fact, I don't think she ever spoke to my granddad again. So so maybe my point doesn't stand. But what I'm saying, all I'm trying to say is is G-bangers G on the beach are, are back in fashion. And uh, if you're a single man, I'm just saying Springs Beach, Point Lonsdale, maybe Lawn Beach, in, in order of... Uh, I had to point it out to my wife as well. I had to go, babe. I'm going to get you one of these outfits, and she goes, "At least you, at least you acknowledge you've seen it." It's more uncomfortable to me if you just pretend you haven't seen it and you've just taken. What's that movie, Hall Pass, where the guys are going down the, uh, they're going down the hallway and they're they're taking photos. Who <laughs> is it? Owen Wilson. He's doing this with his eyes, like. I do that as a joke sometimes with with my wife when a pretty girl walks past. She doesn't find it funny. She she. Does things more subtly. She'll tell me uh, that someone she thinks is good-looking looks like someone that I know she thinks is good-looking. Like, uh, there's an AFL footballer from Essendon Football Club here in Victoria. His name's uh, David Zaharakis. He's a great-looking man. I acknowledge it. I can see it. If I had to kiss one man in the AFL, he'd be in the top five. And uh, maybe top ten. There's some good-looking guys, you know. And I know she thinks he's he's just hot. And he is. And she's right. She's got good taste in men, obviously. Do you know what I mean? Um... There's a guy at the park here in Point Longsdale just sitting on the bench playing with his kids. And I went to pick her up. And she had this, she, she'd gone up a level of, like there was an octave up in her voice. I was like, it almost sounds like you're flirting, but you're just playing with Charlie. And then I looked across and I realized, hey, this guy's a good looking man. I was like, I said to her, I go, baby, are you flirting with this guy? She goes, no, but he does look like David Zaharakis, don't you think? I said, ah, okay. So your answer is, yes, you're flirting. And, uh, and yes, he's hot. I said, get in the car, we're going home. She just said, babe, I want to stay here. For, can you go get me three coffees? I just want to sit on that bench. Just watch Charlie. Do you know what I mean? See if this guy wants to be his stepdad. <laughs> she hates it when I make jokes like that. She goes, babe, hey, people don't know you're joking. Uh, uh, maybe you don't. I'm not sure. But that that to me is what's fun about those kind of comments. I love it if you're not sure if I'm joking. My wife and I, have we have a great marriage. But she just, um, she has a unique way of, of recognising certain people's looks and this guy was handsome in fact i've taken note i want to get the sunglasses that he had because this year i'm gonna yeah i don't know i'm gonna pay a little bit more attention to the way i let myself go the other day i woke up and i had a monobrow going i thought come on and i'm in a i'm in an interesting era as well i don't even want to admit this to you guys but but in our bathroom there's a there's like a there's a window right next to our bathroom sink and the sunlight comes in beautifully and this morning I was there and i was i was just plucking my eyebrows and I, I got a glimpse and the light had highlighted there was a number of hairs growing out from the side of my ears and i don't know i haven't got gray hair yet obviously my mum reckons is there's, there's elements of salt and pepper coming i've got a birthmark here so i had like a uh, had a mole taken off Yeah, i had a massive mole on the side of my head like a cyst or something and uh, as a result like the hair grew back white so when it's longer you can see it more there but a lot of people mistake that for gray hair but but the other day, my mum was at our house and she was looking at the back of my hair and she goes, man, you're getting a bit of salt and pepper. I said, hey, come on, ma. Like, I'm, I don't even have nose hair yet. Now, all, all in a week, I've got salt and pepper hair, nose hair, ear hair, and a, and a lot lower self-confidence as well, which is, which is disappointing. Because there's only so much confidence you can rock when you've got ear hair growing out. Like, uh, there's not many people you can take super seriously when you're in the conversation and halfway through you realise that they're, they've got ear hair. But, uh, but that's okay, that's okay, because with age comes, comes wisdom, am I right? <laughs> there's also elements of your personality that you start to realize you still need to work on. Like uh, I, I, Jessie often tells me off because she thinks, she doesn't think, she's, she's accurately observed that she thinks I've got ADD. And uh, I don't think anyone who knows me would question that. I think it's it's actually probably written in stone. There's, there's no, I don't know why I speculated around the fact it's just a it's just a cold hard fact that add is uh is something i'm working with (laughs) at the moment and uh so i'll i'll be in like a a busy space i'll just be looking around yesterday we're at church and the the pastor was speaking i'm looking around doing these ones like she's like but what are you doing just focus on on the person speaking i said sweetie i'm looking like there's everyone here that i want to talk to um so i'm not sure what that is but it, it brushes off into other areas of my life like we've just started season two of succession which is a great show that no one knows about. Honestly, season three, sorry. We're up to see episode nine, season three. No one knows about it. No one knows about this show. It is the, it's my favorite TV show of all time. It's official. We're that far in and I love it. There's not one bad character in the whole show. If you've watched it, Todd is my favorite. He's hilarious. Greg's fantastic. Connor's fantastic. Kendall does my head in. So does Shiv. So does Logan. Uh, there's a couple of people I don't like. Mostly, though, I like the characters. But I've only just really, uh, due to forced effort, learnt those characters' names. Because uh, Jesse gets really angry at me. Because we'll be, we'll be watching it. As I said, we've started Season 3 now. Well into Season 3. And just a couple of nights ago, I paused it and I said, sweetie, who is this guy? Like, what's his name? She goes, are you kidding? He's one of the main characters. His name's Tom. Like, he's he's been a really key part of this of this show and she gets frustrated at me because we'll go through I'll pause it and uh, and I'll pause and ask a question she goes if you just paid more attention she goes "Like honestly there's elements of our life where where you would know the answer to this if you were if you just spent a little bit more time being aware and really listening so like, like the other day I paused it. I said hey sweetie what's this guy's name you know where are they right now why is our son Indian is <laughs> my other question you know what I mean? So, guys, if you paid more attention to me, our son wouldn't be Indian. All right? Haven't you ever seen how well our plumber listens? That no, rakshan? I don't know. I don't know. That's a joke I'm toying with. What did you? It didn't. I, I honestly don't feel like that came out as well. It needs a little bit of work, doesn't it? it? Needs a little bit of work. What I'm trying to do there, I'm trying to say it does happen. Like I'm not saying that uh, our son's not Indian. That's the joke. But the missing important details about a show is a—it's a very common part of our of our marriage. She'll say something to me, I'll miss it because I'm thinking about something else. We watch a TV show, I'll miss it because I'm thinking about something else. Um, you know, sometimes I conveniently forget details that I'm bored about. She will ask me to mow the lawns. Walk out three months later and there's snakes in our backyard because I still hadn't done them. <laughs> I walked past a, a house today actually, and it had like a, it was a remote control lawn mole which was super quiet. I'm not sure how it was doing it as well, because it, it stopped completely, it stopped 100% on the perimeter of their house with their neighbor's house. And it was incredibly quiet, and their lawn looked fantastic. I thought, because uh, I only mowed our lawn two weeks ago, and for whatever reason here, the lawn just grows so quick. Maybe it's a summer thing, but we've got these little yellow flowers that just pop up. And uh, it's the main problem is our lawn's not long, but the flowers pop up and the bees start to to hover around the flowers, and she's worried about our son getting stung by a bee. Rightly so. Um, so I'm thinking, if you know the name of those uh, those those lawn mowers, I'd love to get one. I'd love to get one. I should call a, a bloke who just three weeks ago. He, uh, three weeks ago, did I did I tell you guys this story? I was at a, a petrol station, and usually I pay for things on the wallet on my phone, and I lost my card recently, so I had to order a new card, which meant I had to replace it on my phone. So I filled up a tank of petrol, and all I had was my phone, but it had my old card details attached to it, and it was like a $70 tank. And uh, and this great bloke came up, and uh, he could see that I was in a bit of trouble, because I was like, mate, is there any way I can pay for this later? He's like, I've got no idea how to do this. It's my second night on the shift. I said, well, I've got to go. And he goes, well, you can't. And I said, but I have to. He goes, but you can't, because I'm going to lose my job and you're going to I'll call the police if you drive off. I said, hang on a second. All I've done is forgot my wallet. I'm trying my best to pay and you won't let me. He said, it's not my problem. I said, well, it sort of is. And uh, anyway, this bloke came up behind me and he goes, mate, everything okay? I go, dude, look, here's the situation. My card, blah, blah, blah. He goes, mate, Merry Christmas. It's on me. Okay, you're kidding, aren't you? I said, mate, let me pay you back. Give me your details. He goes, No, mate, honestly, just Merry Christmas. Hey, Australia's still got it. You've still got it. And um, anyway, he drove off, and I, he said, mate, if you want to do anything for me, he goes, I own a Jim's Mowing, which is a popular franchise here in, a, I think it's Australia, definitely Victoria, but it's a franchise here where we go around them. Uh, we, we, we mow people's lawns. He goes, just do me a favor and hand these out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the details in the show notes below, so if you're in the Geelong region, you want to reach out to this guy and, uh, and get him to come and mow your lawns. He, he deserves to be hooked up because he's a great bloke. But, uh, but yeah, he hooked me up. What? Where? How did I even get onto that story? I'm very confused. I was... TV detail? I'm not sure. Like, what just happened? What just happened then? You know what I mean? You start going on about details too much, and I, I throw myself off. But... That's missing TV details for you, but I don't know. I, I try not to watch too much TV. I, it's one area of my life I'm going to start to focus on. I, I like being outdoors. I like to spend a little bit of little bit of time outside, and I I, I used to love playing golf. But to be honest, it's it's one of those games. I'm very uh, I'm the kind of guy that if I want to start something, I want to do it well. And golf requires a lot of time to be able to do it well, and and I would I would want to do it well. I hadn't played for about six months. I went out, 18 holes is too many holes for golf, I think, especially when you're playing in 40 degree heat and you're not that good. I I went out and played the other day, could not believe how well I was hitting them, but my problem is, so I played with two guys, one, let let me tell you what happened, so one of the guys, uh, Shane, the champ we call him, he shot 88 for 18 holes, which is, I think that's like decent, I think it's okay. Uh, The other guy shot 96, I shot 116. Which is an embarrassment, uh, and, and and to make it worse, I was I was hitting the ball from the drive, uh, from the tee, and from the fairway beautifully. I reckon I honestly reckon I I mucked up about six shots for the day for, on the fairway, which for me is fantastic. They were going straight down the middle. They weren't hitting the rough. They were going long. Uh, I was impressed, but I will get to the green in two shots, and then I I, I was missed a four putter. I was I was putting four times. I got this I've got this little kink in my hand. I'm not sure what it is. And the guys were getting frustrated at me because they're like, Tosh, you're actually playing very good golf and I'm kicking your ass. And uh, they said, just try and get it within like 10 centimetres of the hole. If you get it within 10 centimetres of the hole, it's almost guaranteed. But the problem was if I was more than 30 centimetres from the hole, I, I had no control over, over the speed, the distance, the direction that I was here. So I could be 30 centimetres from the hole and I was hitting it and it would go a metre to the other side. And then I'd hit it back and it would hit, hit the rim of the hole and then, and then bounce another metre and a half the other way. And it was just—it got to a point where it was just embarrassing. When you're four putting on a green, look, the guys would get there in four shots and hit five or six max. I would get there in three shots and I'd be—I'd finish the hole at seven. It's very frustrating, and it's hard as well, especially when you're the kind of guy. I like to pretend I'm not—I'm not, I'm not uh, aggressive. Not aggressive. Because I am quite a guy, I like to pretend I'm not competitive when I'm on the golf course as well. Because I I just want to go out there and pretend that we're just having a nice social game. I'm not counting scores. I know every score. I know his score. I know the other guy's score. And I know my score. I know every time they cheat. Every time they said they got five and they got seven. I knew. But I just just let it slip. Because I don't want to look competitive. But when you're on the green in two and you hit seven. That's... That's a problem. Do you know what I mean? Like I had a number of kids. I had a number of kids' parties when I was younger, where I'd go to the putt putt golf, and uh, I was a, I was a better putter as a kid. I'm not sure what's happened. I've developed some form of trepidation in my hands, where, where rather than getting more control, I've, I I'm not sure. It's almost like a Parkinson's thing, like the hand just jitters and and I flick the ball. Um, yeah. I want to get better at golf. It's it, the problem with golf is unlike surfing. It, it, golf costs you twenty five. I paid fifty five bucks for a round of golf the other day. I, sh- I shot one hundred and sixteen, which granted, like if you want to be optimistic, it means I got more shots as we we're playing. But it's funny because the better you get at golf, the less shots you get, which is which is what you want. Like you want less shots when you're good at golf, but it seems weird. If you're going to go out and play, like if you're looking at it from a, like if you're at a driving range, you, you pay more for 100 balls because you get to practice on more shots. If you go there and say I just want to hit 50 balls, it's 10 bucks. If you go there and you want to hit 100 balls, it's 25. Whereas uh, it's weird, you would think as a, as a worse golfer, um, it should be more expensive because you're getting more shots. I'm not sure if that's true. I don't know. I don't know why, what point I'm even trying to make, but what I'm trying to say is, I had a, I had a tough, I had a tough go at golf the other day, and uh, I don't know. I'm not planning on being back out there soon, because, because my friend tells me that golf, it's a four-hour walk that makes you hate yourself, and I, I can't argue with him. I think it's a fantastic point. There's, there's no way around that, especially on a day like that. And it was, it was so incredibly hot that I came home. I class myself as a fit guy because I am, but I came home and after, after five hours is how long the game took, just quietly. And it's weird, when you're out there for so long, because we were stuck behind a very slow group, and golf is funny, because you obviously, you don't want to hurt anyone, it's, it's, it's like a gentleman's game, a little bit like tennis, but, but when the group in front of you is average age, is 80, and, and they walk at a pace which is just painfully slow, um, you want to get on with it. So they were 210 metres ahead, so we were like, you know what, like how unlucky would it be if we hit them? So we were driving, and, and one of the blokes I was playing with, he just, he loaded up one of the uh, one of the balls. And, and it went over their heads, bounced ahead of them. A lovely Scottish guy got to the next hole and was like, hey, you almost knocked my block off there. I go, mate, I drive 120 metres. It wasn't me. Uh, I just want you to know we weren't trying to make a point. We were, but what are you saying in that situation? I don't know. It's, it's weird the way you show passive aggression in certain areas, isn't it? It's like a tone of voice is one thing that you do in a relationship, but with golf, you show passive aggression by just hitting the ball close to them. Tennis, if if someone runs into the net for a volley, you whack the ball as hard as you can at them and hope they get the message. It's surfing, I can imagine, if you had the ability to be able to maneuver your board well enough, you sort of you you go towards someone, swerve last minute. I wouldn't I would I would kill them with the with the tip of my board. Just because I don't have the ability to be able to turn and maneuver at, at will. Um It's funny the way people show passive aggression in cars. In cars, like if you're in a car and someone frustrates you, you, you just sit really close up to their tail, unless you're Douglas Feldman. I watched this documentary. Have you guys? Yeah, I was watching. It's like a five-part series of Werner Herzog's documentary. Um, it's called Into the Abyss. It's interviews with death row inmates, and and there was this guy. I watched it yesterday. Douglas Feldman. Douglas Feldman, super switched-on guy. He was in uh, two thousand and twelve was when it was filmed. He was in death row in te- on death row in Texas because. Uh, in two th- uh, sorry, 1998, he was on his motorbike going down a freeway and a, a truck s- swerved in front of him and he just, he went up and just, uh, in road rage, he just started shooting at the driver. He killed the driver because he was frustrated. At least, it's more directly to the point, isn't it? Like, at, at least there you know exactly where you stand. And obviously I'm not, a, I'm not an ambassador for murder in a case of road rage, but, but in that situation, it's like you don't have to guess you don't have to guess where you're because if someone starts firing bullets, you know you're angry. If you're, if you're uh, doing the reverse road rage, you, like if you're in a car and someone's sitting on your tail, you know they're angry at you, you, you put on the brakes a little bit more. It's funny, isn't it, when you think about road rage because if you applied the same rules of road rage just if you were walking along with someone, like if someone really annoyed you when you were just walking along the street and you just walk, went up and walked like 10 centimetres away from behind, you're the weird one. But if you're in a car, it's a perfectly acceptable, it's not necessarily acceptable, but it's, uh, it happens a lot. It's It's a regular form of showing people your frustration when, you are, when you're in a car. How else do you show frustration? One of my passive aggressions is, uh, is when someone's walking down the street on their phone, I, I don't move because obviously they've got no spatial awareness. They don't know where they are uh, in the context to where I am. So I just I just walk and, and I try and pick up the pace a little bit and just do it. Unless they're bigger than me. I like to I like to walk into them. I, I find that quite funny. That's a funny way of showing passive aggression. What else is there? There's tennis, surfing, that's a car, um, golf. I've just explained. There's a lot of different ways you can you can show passive aggression. It's funny, um, one thing I've noticed, just in relation to passive aggression with people on the phones, I, I get frustrated seeing people walk along with their earbuds. You know, is it earbuds? Earbuds? What are they called? The, the, these, when they don't have uh, the cords attached to them. I, I, it's a strange look. There's so many people walking along uh, along the street now who just look schizophrenic. You can't tell until you're within five metres of them whether they're talking to themselves or, or whether they're on the phone. So often, I'll walk past people and they'll be having a conversation with themselves just with their earbuds, earbuds in. And, uh, and it looks so insane. I can't have that conversation by myself because I'm too self-conscious about what people are thinking about me. Because I know how harshly I judge people who are walking along just talking to themselves like that. I can't do it confidently because I'm like, um, oh, everyone's gonna think I'm a schizo. Are you one of those people? Can you walk along the street just with your earbuds in having a conversation with someone and pretend it's normal? Because it's very it's really not normal. Until two years ago, if you saw someone walking along the street. Just by themselves, and they weren't singing to themselves. They was having a conversation. You go, okay, they've got mental issues. It looks the same, doesn't it? It looks, it looks very similar. I don't know. I don't know what my like. I don't know what I'm trying to say. There is, but it's just that uh, it's difficult to try and navigate your way around town when you when you're trying to walk past people, um, and you're not sure if they're they're crazy. Because you you want to know. You want to have a bit of an idea about how uh, you know. How far away from them you should stay? You should, should you keep your distance? Because if they're, if they're schizophrenic, you don't want to be too close to them. I've had a couple of interesting conversations with, with people who are schizophrenic. I walked past a bloke once. He looked like a lovely guy. I thought he was on his earbuds. He got close to me. He said, what the fuck are you looking at? And he sort of leaped at me. And I said, what? what? I just thought you were on your phone. to your, Like I'm very, con, I'm very confused. Anyway, I don't need any more confusion in Australia at the moment. There's enough newspaper articles going around that say certain things that I'm, um, you know, uh, uh, completely contradicts something else I've read that I just, I can't do, I can't do with any more contradictions. I can't do with any more, um, what do you call it? I just need facts. I just need to know are you schizophrenic or in your phone? You need a sign. Hmm. Before I go, I wanted to tell you, I feel like Australians are starting to get their swagger back a little bit. I saw something just this morning. It made me so proud. So over here, I'm not sure what it's like in the rest of the world, but but we're obsessed right now with these rapid antigen tests. Everyone's pumped about them. Everyone's so excited that you can go to the chemist, can find out if you got COVID or not. I guess it's a novelty. But... But they're sold out everywhere. And as a result of being sold out everywhere, people are getting upset. I walked past a chemist today and there was a massive sign on the front door of the chemist that said, no rapid antigen tests available. Don't ask them. Don't ask us when they're coming. And I was like, mate, that's the most Australian thing I've heard for a long time. Thank you for your upfront response. Thank you for letting me know exactly where I said. But like then there has to be a certain amount of tests. There has to be a certain amount of times you've been asked for that. Like you haven't just been asked once for a rapid antigen test and decided that you're going to put that up at the front the front window of your, uh, of your chemist, are you? Because chemist is the exact place you should be going and asking for them. I thought, man, that, that just it—it it, it was bred out of frustration. Whoever owns that chemist is like, I'm not even—I just cannot have this conversation. If someone, if one more person asks me for a rapid antigen test, I'm going to start swinging. Anyway, my camera's died. I got to change the battery pack, but the audio's still going. But uh, we'll leave that one there. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for being here. I hope twenty twenty two is a great year for you. I uh, I hope it's even better than twenty twenty one. I hope I hope things stop getting weirder and start to make more and more sense in the next couple of months. That's my that's my goal. All right. Anyway, much love to you. Consider yourself hugged from me. Um, I'll see you next week. Yeah.